We'll be learning today a piece from the Ish Kodesh, um, Parashat Ki Teitze, Shnat Tafshin, uh, 1940, summer 1940. So Rabbi starts by quoting the Pasuk, Ki Teitze, La Milchama Al Oivecha, Unetano Hashem Elokecha Biyadecha Veshavita Shivyo, the opening Pasuk from Parashat Ki Teitze, when you go out to battle with your enemy, and Hashem places your enemy into your hands, Vishavita Shivyo, and you will take captive. You take captives. Okay. Just register that somewhere in the back of your mind, and Rabbi will bring it back to us at the end. Rabbi starts by quoting the Magid Mimezrich. Hashem This is a Pasuk from Tehillim. Hashem swears and will not change course. You are a Kohen for all eternity um, over the words of Malki Tzedek, or over my words, Malki Tzedek. The Magimim Mezrich is really going to focus on two words here. Atak Kohen. You are a Kohen. So the Magid says like this, Shekohen hubuchinat chesed. In the Kabbalistic framework, the Kohen is associated with the Midah of Chesed, with the quality of kindness. Ata, right, these two words, one is Ata Kohen. Ata, the Magid says, Zot shechol ish ha-Yisraeli lemor la-Hashem baruch, Ata zehu chesed me-Hashem. Arikana shenar kadosh. What do you mean Ata Kohen? The Magid is saying, the ability to say Ata, the possibility that we, each one of us, as we are, who we are, can, di- can directly address the infinite one, the creator of all. Hashem Iparach, we can say Ata, Baruch Ata Hashem, like you're just right here in front of me. This is Chesed. Chesed Gadol Meito Iparach. This is a huge gift. This is the quality of Kohen. This is God's Chesed, overwhelming kindness that God has poured into creation that we, people like you and me, can just turn around and say, Hey, you. Baruch Ata. We said that we don't say, Hey, you, but just that we can say, You. We can say it in, that, in, in such intimate, direct, Interaction. We can just turn and face God one to one. This is huge kindness. I'll just say it reminds me of something uh, along these lines. Is a machloket in the Rishonim. Famously, the Rambam and the Ramban get into this machloket. Is it a mitzvah to pray or is it not a mitzvah to pray? Because there's nowhere in the Torah that says etc. There's no mitzvah to pray. The Rambam learns out that there's a mitzvah actually doraita to pray to God. But the Ramban says there's no mitzvah to pray. It's not a mitzvah. He says it's a chesed gadol. It's a, it's a kindness embedded in creation. Prayer, the reality of prayer, the possibility of prayer, you might even say the impulse to pray, is a outgrowth of God's overwhelming kindness and extending God's self towards to meet us that's, that's embedded within the fabric of creation. It's, in, in a sense, it's more, more basic than mitzvot. It's not a command that God has to tell us to do. It's something that God just inserts into reality. The Yavot didn't pray because they were told to. The Yavot prayed because they were connecting to this divine reality. Forget the Yavot. Human beings what drives human beings to just open their mouths and try to contact this great mystery, this creator? 
There's something embedded in, in, in nature itself. So the Ramban calls this a chesed. A chesed. So now the Piyazesner picks up where the, where, the, where the Magid leaves off. Ki ata nochach. Hu nistar. Says the Lashon of ata, addressing God in the word you, is, is nochach. It's in the present. It's direct. When I say you, you're right here in front of me. But to say who, say who elokeinu, we're talking the third person already. We're talking about someone out there somewhere. It's nistar. It's not here in front of me. I can't see it with my eyes. I'm re- it's a reference to something elsewhere. When the established prayers for us that we address God in the word we're not only saying ata, but we're we're stamping the the divine name on it. It must be, the Rebbe says, it must be that when we say these words, we are actively bringing about a hitkalut elokit, a divine revelation. We're bringing God into our presence, mamish, in actuality. That we can truly, authentically, genuinely, honestly say you, because God is right there in front of us when we say these words. Because otherwise, if it's not for real, and we're going around saying God's name, and we're saying Hashem all the time, it would be every bracha would be a bracha of atala. Every bracha would be would be a invalid blessing said in vain. Because it's just pretend. We're going around saying God's name for pretend. We're really going around pretending to address God in the in, in the presence. No, whoever says it can't be. If this is how we're how the Matbeat Fila is formed, this is how we're, we're we're taught to pray. There must be a deep understanding here that it's for real. That we we have the legitimacy to say God's name when we address God in the in the present view. That it's real. I'll share with you one of my favorite halachot, um, which is that if you're praying, you're in the Amida, you're not allowed to walk in front of somebody who's in the middle of prayers, right? You have to give arba amot around them, right? Hmm. Why is that? Because the shechina is there. The halachic understanding is that the shechina wasn't there, stum. The shechina is there because the person is praying there. You hear this? This is lahalacha. This is lahalacha. Lahalacha. If you're standing there speaking to God, God is there. You can't. So it's us here to just walk in the space there. Rabbi goes on. This is what is spoken about in the holy books. Similarly, just like tefillah requires Torah. Prayer requires learning. As it says in the Pasuk and Mishlei, one who turns their ear away from listening to Torah, gam tfilato toeva. So their prayer is also going to be something despicable. It's a strong Pasuk and Mishlei. But the basic understanding here is, if I basically say, God, I'm not interested in what you, you to hearing what you have to say, but here's what I want. So, so who am I talking to? Anyway. 
what, what kind of prayer is that? What, what's, what's going on? Yeah, I need Torah <coughs> to inform my prayer. I need Torah to give context to what prayer means, to who I'm praying to, to what I'm praying for. You know, at, at a very simple level, if the Torah is teaching me a little bit about who and what God is and a little bit about what God cares about and is important to God, so then my prayer finds its place in alignment with that with that relationship. God is saying, here's who I am, here's, here's what I'm about, what my world's about, and then my prayer can find a place well, when it's informed with that perspective. Yeah? So, so tefillah needs Torah. I need Torah as, like, as, a, as a basis for my, for my tefillah. But the Rebbe goes on, he says, Ken gam ha-Torah But you know what? The Torah needs tefillah also. Which is a bit of a mystery. Because Alpanav, it sounds like what he's saying is Torah, what, what, what God has to say and teach in the world, it needs somehow our ideas mixed in there, our desires and prayers mixed in there. Like, what, what's, what's that about? Is, is, God respo- is God's Torah responding to my tefillah? What, why does Torah need tefillah? Let's see, okay? Let's see. He's going to go on and, and explain that in the next coming paragraphs. We say this bracha every morning. Blessed are you, Hashem, who teaches Torah to, to your people. The Rebbe says, This bracha is talking about, it's, it's, it's generic. You, te- you teach Torah to everybody, to the whole nation. But, however, for God to speak, to teach, to learn with every individual, to speak to each and every person in their own, this is up to each of us to do. Meaning, I say the bracha, God, you teach Torah to everybody. Great, God gives one Torah to the whole nation. Ah, but for me to receive Torah as an individual, to me, for me to, to have a chavruta, so to speak. So that's something that, that requires my activity. I actually, the Rebbe says, I have to make that happen. This is already beginning to answer his question. What do you mean? Torah? In what way does Torah need tefillah? The kind of Torah that an individual is going to receive? That requires something from me. For me to hear God speaking with me individually, that requires something of me. He goes on, Uvoresh Vayikra, it says at the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, Vayikra Moshe, God calls to Moshe, Vayidaber Hashem Elav Me'olam Lemor. God calls to Moshe and speaks to Moshe from, from Olamor, from the meeting tent. Uperish Rashi, Rashi says, what, is, what does it mean, Vayidaber Hashem Elav? God speaks to him. Kol lo, the voice is directed towards Moshe. Kol elav, it is for him. Moshe shama shamu. Moshe heard God speaking from Al Moed. The rest of the nation, Mamash didn't hear the voice. The, the, the rest of Rashi there, he goes on and he explains it's lest you think that this is some kind of subtle whisper from Al Moed. And Moshe maybe was standing closer or had better hearing. No, no, no. It's the same voice at Harsina. It's that same power and cloth, the thundering voice of God at Matan Torah. 
but it's it's like broadcasting from the meeting tent, and only one person is is receiving it. Only one person's hearing it. Hainu Moshe Rabenu Shema Gam Hakolo Kolilav Gam Biyichud Uvratut Elav Moshe Rabenu. The Maila of Moshe Rabbeinu here is that beyond the level where there's a Torah that everybody can read and learn and it's the same Torah that we all interact with, Moshe was able to also hear the voice that was directed towards him alone, the voice that only he could hear. The Yichud in this intimate, individual, private connection. Mepratiut elav, just for him to hear Yisrael and the rest of the nation, even though God is teaching Torah to everybody, Right? We all have God's Torah. Eino lo ve'elav bepratiut. Rak melame Torah de'amo. It's not received, it's not heard by each person individually in this intimate way. Rak melame Torah de'amo. Rather, it's this collective generic God gives us Torah. L'haklal Yisrael kula, to the whole nation. And the truth is, the Rebbe says that each one of us need to engage in this avoda, in this work, so that God can speak to us, us as well, to each one of us too. I mean, on, on a simple, in a simple sense, what is Matan Torah? It's a prophet, prophetic experience of two million plus people. It means that every single person who was there was in a state of prophecy. So there was some kind of, whether it's because of their joining together as one, whether it's because of each one of them having experienced that, that true freedom of having been redeemed and arriving at this, you know, the, the, the days of preparation and purification before v'chule, v'chule, we were on the level to hear it at that moment. Later in the camp, when it's in the Mishkan, there's one person who hears God speaking to them. You know, this plagued Moshe Rabbeinu his whole life, by the way. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted every, plagued Moshe Rabbeinu his whole life. He wanted everybody to hear God the way he did. Right? Already at Har Sinai, when, when Am Yisrael says, you speak for us, we can't handle it. Moshe's like, are you kidding me? This is what it's all about. God has to calm him down. And then later, when, when he gives over his, his spirits to the elders, and, and Eldad and Medad are prophesizing in the camp, and Yoshua's like, yeah, let's put him in jail, stop them. And Moshe says, halavai, that everybody of God's people were prophets. Moshe Rabbeinu saw that this is what it's about. It's not about a religion where I have a book and I teach it to other people. It's about the gates of divine communication being open to all of all of humanity. Yeah, that's what Moshe, that's what Moshe saw. That was Moshe's vision. Yeah, the Rebbe asks the question that's maybe on all our minds if we've read this. Well, well, okay, that sounds beautiful, but how how does how does one do this? Because Rebbe keeps saying Every person needs to do this, needs to make this happen. Well, how do you do that? Rebbe says the pathway towards this is through prayer, through tefillah. Because remember what he said, Torah requires tefillah. And what he's been telling us is what kind of Torah requires tefillah? The kind of Torah where I can hear God myself individually. That requires tefillah. The kind of tefillah that's oriented when, when I'm speaking to God as you. When I'm mamash standing and communicating in the presence of God, one-to-one. I say you, and I mean it. And I enact, I bring about, I enable in doing this for there to be a 
divine revelation, elav lenochach, to me in the present moment, here and now. Az Hashem elav. So then, God can speak to you too. Umelamdo Torah beprat gamken bilashon ata benochach, and can be teaching you Torah also individually with the word you in the present. If I'm able to bring into, to, to come into prayer and pray in a way that I'm giving presence to God, so God is going to give presence to me too. If I'm saying you and I'm standing before you and I'm speaking to God as you in a real way, so the Rebbe says this is how this is how God can begin to speak to me in that same word, in, in that you as well. And say you back. What happens in these kind of moments of praying to God in a visceral sense that God is here with me and present before God right now? This is real and I'm really here and doing it. Is that where he says each person sees and comprehends their portion of God's Torah, what God speaks to me, and is teaching me, that no other person receives and comprehends in the way that I do. And, and, and you and my friend and another person is going to be, receives in those moments of connection. Something that no other person receives. That e- these are the these are the ways, the moments, the the approaches in which each person contacts something of the divine that they know within themselves that 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 is a completely private experience. Well, there is a common denominator that we all feel that connects all of us, right? And it's sure. Not completely, it's individual, but it's also part of in the... its in its qual in its particular quality is completely individual. In the way that we can talk about it and share it and say, yes, we give words to it, God, we give words to it, Kedusha, we give words to it, Dvekut, however you want to call it. So we have a, lang- a shared language. But the experience of it is unique <coughs> and individual and very intimate. And the Rebbe goes further and says, that experience, that's the Torah God is teaching you alone. Before we go on, I just wanted to say like two things about how this, I think, actually is reflected in, in the way we govern itself. First of all, what do you just say? Kol achad is, is, receives chelek mitorah You receive a chelek of your Torah. What do we say at the end of, of Shmon Esau? What's the mamash, the last thing we say? Okay, so... So, okay, I get it. I prayed prayer. Like you said, it's, it's connected. Korbano, it's Beit HaMikdash. Well, what's Beit HaMikdash? Presence of God, right? Visceral presence of God. But So so we're praying, bring, bring back the Beit HaMikdash. Let us be oved you in that way. But then we insert there this line that seems to have nothing to do with that prayer. Oh, by the way, by the way, give us our portion of your Torah. What's that doing? What does that have to do with Korbano? It's Beit HaMikdash. What's it doing there? I think this is. I think it's. It's for this reason. There's an acknowledgement there that, first of all, that that at the end of the day, the last when all when all is said and done, we're we're still just saying to God and God, please just have, let me have my piece, my portion of your Torah. Let me hear 
what you have to teach to me. And in the context of, of davening for the Beit Mikdash and being Obed Hashem in that way, we're, we're basically saying we want and yearn for your presence to be felt and real here in the world. And the language we give to that is Ten Chalkeinu B'Torah Techa. That's what we're saying. We're saying in, in, in encountering God in a, in, a, in a real way as an individual, that's where I receive my Chedek in God's Torah. So that's at the end of Tefillah. What do we do at the beginning of Tefillah? Before we start praying. Before we even do that. We take three steps back. So there's a lot of different um, reasons brought for this, but there, there's one reason brought in one of the one of the Kadmonim. I don't know if it's the Abu Raham or in the Rokeach, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. That that the three steps back, one opinion, okay, is that they're connected what Chazal says happened at Harsina, which is that at each time God spoke to us, we were blown three parcels backwards. <laughs> remember that we were blown back, we, we died, our souls went up, our souls were restored, the angels brought us back. But but those three, we were as if God's voice hard it blew us back three steps, three miles, and we got to take, and then we took those three three back to come and hear the next thing God has to say. So it's as <coughs> if when we're stepping into tefillah, we prepare, how do we prepare ourselves for tefillah? We take those three steps back. Okay, God, I've been blown away. I hear what you have to say until now. Now I'm going to come back to hear what you have to say, but I haven't heard yet. You hear that? And how crazy is this? Because wait, wait, what do you mean? When I pray, those are that's me talking. That's not God talking. Those are my words. Those aren't God's words. Ah, no. That within, yes, on the surface, in the um, mechanics of prayer, I am speaking to God. In mechanics of prayer, it's my words being directed outwards towards my creator. But in the inner workings of prayer, I'm coming closer to God's presence, I'm opening myself up to receiving something, to hearing something. I'm listening. I'm talking when I pray, but 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 what's what's but but prayer requires me to listen, to really pray in this way. And so to stand with an awareness of again, the basic thing, atta. It's the simplest word. It's probably the most common word in the whole tefillah. So you have a lot of good reminders to come back to it. Yeah? It's like every single, every single moment of prayer, it's really, it's really a meditation on atah. It's coming back to encounter atah from all these different points. Uh-huh. Let's read on a little bit, yeah? The Rebbe now is quoting the Marva Shemesh, his namesake and his ancestor, who teaches on the Pasuk, so Hashem the the secret of God is to those who fear God, those who have awe, Yira. So the Marv Hashemish says like this. What do you mean? What is God's secret? What does that really mean? Shilodimura Kabbalah Sod. When we talk about Sod, it doesn't just mean studying Kabbalah. It's not a secret, it's written in books. You can learn it. You open a book and you read it. What's the secret about that? Rather, this kind of perception, this divine comprehension that each person receives that no other person grasps in the way that I do, 
וכל אחד מה שמשיג באלוקותו יפרו אחינו יכול להבין לזולתו and that he goes even further that which each person apprehends perceives receives of, of the divine that I could never even explain to another person I have no words to accurately convey to you what my knowing of God is whatever it is in me that that feels experiences the divine I have no words to communicate that to you to really convey that that okay now now we're talking about a sod that's a secret because it it can't be spoken it's a secret in essence not because I'm not telling other people but because it can't be spoken it has no words sod Hashem Virea Someone who is Yirat Hashem. True awe, awareness, living in God's presence, which is what Yirat Hashem means. So that person can have Sot Hashem. That person can carry within them that, that experience, that, that knowledge, understanding that I can, I, I can never put into words. Rabbi Nachman, by the way, the first piece in Sikhot Aran, check it out. He goes so far to say that he says, the kind of way that each person knows God is, is, is so such a secret that I couldn't even tell myself from one day to the next what it was yesterday. <laughs> I forgot the, the puzzle. I think Anyway, look at it. First piece in Sikhot Aran. It's not only that I can't tell it to anybody. So I can't even really explain it to myself. I can't even remind me that yesterday and today it's, it's, it's different. So Hashem the Rebbe goes on, V'zev shar la'asig a'yedeh ha'tfilah kishepo'el ba sh'yamod hu'nochach Hashem v'yedeber elav v'lashon ata. And this, tapping into this kind of contact, is possible for a person to, to touch through prayer. Kishepo'el ba, right? When we activate, we turn, this, we turn on this frequency of communication. When we stand in prayer, nochach Hashem, and we, we place ourselves in God's presence, and we say to God, you, I speak to God in the present. I speak to God directly from me to you. And in that, God is also going to be communicating back to me, mirroring back to me in that same first person, in that same second person language, you, you. I'm teaching you. I'm communicating to you. I'm here for you. Aval, however, however, the Rebbe says, "Shif aludi burenu asher bilashonochach, hitkalut elokit shonochach." However, for our words in prayer, in present reality, to have the ability to create this kind of Revelation of God in present reality. Okay. Okay, but don't think that you just say the magic word. It's not enough to just say the magic word. I think we already sensed that. <laughs> but the Rebbe is going to be more explicit. The person who is speaking in tefillah first needs to they themselves have to become revealed, uncovered in their words of prayer. 
Heine, which means that their 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 self, they, their essence needs to be present there in the words that they're speaking. Meaning, it's not enough for me to be here and me just throw these words out there out of my mouth, or me to even just like think about it. I have to show up in my words. The words of tefillah that I'm speaking have to be bringing me into presence. For God to be revealed to me, I have to be revealed first. That's what the Rebbe is saying. For God to be revealed to me, I have to be revealed first. Because there cannot be a communication of presence unless I first become present. And becoming present here means that that when I'm speaking, I'm not disconnected from what I'm doing. I'm not somewhere else. And not only am I not somewhere else, but I'm every word I'm saying, it's, it's bringing out more of me. I'm pouring myself through, through the Diburet Tefillah that I'm speaking. It goes in deeper. I'm, my, 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 my awareness, my kavana, it's, it's fully inclusive. I'm bringing myself to really be there. So if I can really be there, then the Rebbe says, "Ve'az then kamayim hapanim el panim poel gam bechinat itkaluti itbarach shuvyei nochak." Then God mirrors it back. Then it's reciprocal. Then it's reciprocal. Kamayim hapanim el panim. Right, the pasuk says, like the water that reflects the face back to itself. It it cr- makes it possible for God also to then show up and be uncovered, be revealed towards me. In, in a sense, what the, what the Rebbe is, is, is saying here is that the presence of self, my ability to bring presence of self, be, is the grounds of communication between me and God. It becomes the grounds of communication. That otherwise there is... There isn't really such a possibility for communication. Right? It's like, it's not enough to just be here and like be throwing words into the ether and like having, yes, God receives my prayers. God is out there hearing my prayers. Kilo, fine. You, you fulfill the mitzvah of tefillah. That's fine. But to, to, to hear, to hear my Torah, to hear God speak to me, relate back to me, as I am, in my particular way, and the Rebbe's been describing it, that can only happen when I can really be present. Because, because how do I hear God speaking to me anyway? Is there like some kind of loudspeaker? Like, <clears throat> I'm so glad you came here today. I have something to say to you too. Right? There's no the communication doesn't come from the outside. Remember what he said before. The communication from God is my own visceral experience of being in God's presence. You hear that? You hear that? My chedek in Torah is what I know in my cells, in my bones, in my heart that, that I've experienced. So in coming into presence, this is what brings God into presence as well. The communication is, is, it's like two streams that become one. I'll say something that 
on its own is, is mamish too deep to even just like really get into right now. But but the Rebbe quotes all over in his Rashot in, in Sefer Der Hamelach. He loves to quote uh, from Reb Levi Yitzchak that Reb Levi Yitzchak says in the Yud Gimel of Rachamim, yeah, the, the thirteen attributes of, of compassion. They start out Hashem Hashem. Reb Yitzchak says, why why are we repeating God's name? So Rabbi Yitzchak says that that the depth of that prayer is that God is calling to God. And he says, real prayer, real prayer, the, 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 the truth of prayer that makes it possible is in the, in the peace of the when, when the godliness within me is calling to the godliness beyond me. When God is calling to God, Hashem, Hashem. Okay, like I said, that's a bit, you know, too beyond the scope of us to really like delve into. I don't know, even know if there is what to delve into by talking more about it. But, but it's the same thing here. Yeah, it's the 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 nochachut, the becoming truly present is what enables that kol Hashem, that kol lo, kol elav to become present. I think that's why he uses the mashal of kamayin of anin mm. of anin, mm. as opposed to just saying anin of anin. Because the difference is not the difference between being face to face. That's two different entities. Mm-hmm. But kamayin of anin mm. of anin uh-huh. is the same entity. It's all it's there in the, in the in the pool. Yeah, no, it's inside you, uh-huh. and you're looking at the reflection. So it's the godliness you're revealing yourself. By re- and by revealing yourself, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. revealing the godliness within you and God mm-hmm. as a okay. like a reflection. That panim el panim, panim implies two different things. Exactly. I hear this that. Is you're looking at a mirror. It's <laughs> some level. No, dot, you're dot yeah. looking at it. Uh-huh. Is if you're looking into water, you're looking. You're seeing yourself. You're seeing yourself. That's really chazak. <sighs> it's really chazak. And I mean, along those lines, uh, some of the first you say. Panim bi panim diber Hashem, mm-hmm. which is different from panim el panim. Mm-hmm. Panim bi panim means the face is in the face. Mm. It means it's one face. Pe, yeah, panim bi panim. Yeah, the other ones <laughs> are are towards, but panim bi panim is is one face in the other. So then the Rebbe says, "Va'afilu k'shitfilato shel ha'ishi mikiro libo ayret sarach menilitzlam." And even if a person, if their prayer, it's not, they haven't sat there like meditating and singing, dancing for three hours before they, they speak. But their they're mom is just davening from pain, but it's mikiro libo. They're just from the depths of their heart, they're calling out for, for help, for salvation. Even in that, experience of prayer, well, their nefesh, their soul, is really there, present in their words. Yeah, if I'm really in pain and praying, there's nothing else on my mind. I'm not elsewhere. Those words are real. And I am really in in those words. I'm putting myself into those words. So even in that kind of prayer, it's also being poel. It's also activating, causing this same kind of interaction, the same kind of contact. That the call becomes the place to hear God's call back as well. We have to remember, the Rebbe is speaking to, for those of you who don't know the Sefer, I don't know, these are drushed from the Warsaw Ghetto. 
They'd be speaking to Jews in 1940 in the Warsaw Ghetto. What he's telling them is, he's, he's, he's showing them a framework through which he's, he's, he's telling them that they can still access God even where they are, even in what they're experiencing. Even when they feel that that is an impossibility, he's totally changing the whole perspective of what it means to interact with God. Doesn't 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 mean anymore. Okay, there's a, there's a yeshiva and there's a book and there's a minion and, and someone's teaching you. And you, no, no, there's something much deeper and much more essential and and intimate that that can be accessed. Bichlal, bichlal, he's. Uh, it's not just here, but in general, he's part of the, the radical reframe that he's teaching and, and that we see here very profoundly is that there's a whole theology here. It's, like a the, it's a theology of experience. It's a theology of revelation. It's a different vantage point on what it means to relate to God, to relate to Torah, to pray. I think I've said this before. This whole sefer is uh, is words that nobody could could have spoken if they hadn't been there. You know, the only thing that the only reason we're allowed to say them is because the Rebbe said them. I couldn't tell you. I could never speak to that experience on my own. The whole book, every drasha here is, is the Rebbe reckoning with these impossible questions. There's no. Uh, illusion here that that there's an answer that works every week he's 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 fighting with it again every week he's trying to see what it, what what could the torah possibly have to say to our experience in this moment um, i'm going to read on to the end of the piece say there Right, we came back to the beginning of this parsha. When you go out to battle against an enemy, the Rebbe says, so even if this is a war, time of war, even if it's a milchemed reshut and not the kind of wars that were milchemed mitzvah of, you know, Yehoshua conquering the land of Israel, but mom is just a war. Even then, when a person in that experience, that moment of people just tearing each other to bits when they're praying and they scream and cry to God from the depths of their heart what does the Pasuk say? And God will place it in your hands now in the shot of the Pasuk it means God gives you your enemy into your hands God helps you win the battle but the Rebbe says, no, something else about it. Zot yiten lecha, Hashem shihiye elokecha. Unetano, Hashem elokecha biyadecha. What is God putting into your hand? Hashem elokecha. What God is putting into your hand is, I'm yours. I'm going to be your God now. You can access me privately, individually, to make me yours. I'm, I'm in, even here, even in this moment, it's possible for me to be Elokecha. Not just there is a God, but I have a God. God speaks to me. Bechinat elokit yiyeh shelcha beprativ. 
this quality of the divine, of godliness, that can be yours, the pratyut, individually. And by the way, if, if people who are experiencing any level of, of pain, I don't want to go to the extreme levels where he is, any level of pain, it's a very isolating experience. It's a very individual, private experience. And the Rebbe saying, in that place too, I can have that, that kind of individual shared experience with God too. Then the rest of the Pasuk, Vishavita Shivyal, before in the Pshad, it means that you take a captive from your enemy. What does it mean, Shavita Shivyal? You will return his returning. Okay? Ki Yisrael mivakshim ashivenu ashamelecha. Am Yisrael asks, God bring us back to you. Right? It's you who needs to bring us. We ask to be brought. Vihashashem yashiv otanu elav, that God will bring us to God. But God says, you come to me. It's like two people in opposite. You come, to, you bring me to you. You come to me. You bring me to you. You come to me. The Gemara Sanhedrin has a whole, you know, well, how's this ever going to be resolved? <laughs> if we're standing there saying, you do it, you do it, you do it. Who's responsible for bringing us and God together? Who's going to make that happen? We have different opinions about it. God thinks one thing and we think another thing. It's not such a good recipe, right? However, the Rebbe says, in this kind of intimate, individual uncovering, this revelation, just using his words, these are big words, but these are his words, <laughs> these private revelations, Atapoel Vishavita Shivya. You bring about vishavita shivya. That's what the Pasuk said, right? Shavita shivya. It doesn't mean you take a captive from your enemy here. It means you bring, you return his returning. What does that mean? Shetashuv We say enough, God. You're telling us we have to come to you. We're saying you have to bring us to you. You're not doing your job. We're going to do it for you. <coughs> I am going to restore, return what is God's to return. <coughs> Which means what? I'm going to bring myself back to you. It feels like it's impossible. It feels like God isn't acting. It's God isn't bringing us close to God. God is distancing us. He's abandoning us in our in our pain, in our distance, in our suffering. And we could just hear him saying, well, God, do it, do it, do it. And God is saying, no, you, you do it, you do it, you do it. And at some point, the Rebbe says, Shavita Shivyo means I'm going to do what God really needs to be doing and bring myself. Right? Instead of just keep waiting, waiting for it to happen, waiting for it to happen. In effect, in effect, what's happening, in effect, what's happening is that I am causing God to become present again, not the other way around. God isn't bringing me back. I'm bringing God back to me to bring myself back to God. And um, there's so much here. 
we can learn, we should maybe just learn this Torah every week for an, for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe spend a week just like sitting here saying the word Atah. <laughs>